1: Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com.
2: Get in the know. Nonstop Vikings talk. It's Purple Daily on Score North at ScoreNorth.com. Purple Daily, presented by Surly Brewing
0: Company. Yeah, I, think, I think for the most part, uh, they did a good job. Um, you know, I know that it helped us a couple times because they got 15-yard penalties. Um, you know, we try to be a disciplined football team and not,
2: not do those kind of things. So, um, but, you know, when you get your manhood
3: challenged, sometimes
2: you react and, um, you know, we just have to keep, you know, I talked to the offense,
0: I talked to the defense about being composed and just doing our job.
1: Wait, is that, is that what the Bears were doing? The Bears were challenging the Vikings' manhood football. last night? That's the what? most football thing I ever heard.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it came from, if it was the Bears, the wrong place. They might want to shut up and focus on trying to play football before they challenge manhoods, right? Yeah, like
1: score more than three points before you start belittling other teams for not being manly enough. I mean, football, football. Yeah, I just got one question for Alex Boone. Yo. Do you like football? I love it. I love it. How How much do you like football? So much. I love it. But do you like it as much as your former head coach? Mike Zimmer, that's the question.
2: Football, football, yeah! yeah. Matthew. Oh. Football, We'd like to make it interesting, I just say that. It doesn't have to be that way, though, fellas. we got to protect better on the punts. We've got to move the ball in the, at the end of the game where we can win. Defense, we can't give up a touchdown at the end. Other than that, you played your f*** off tonight, all right? Good win, division game on the road. That's a hell of a win, fellas. Deserve. I told you how big this game was. We had to go out, and we had to win this thing, give us an opportunity to continue to move forward. Now we've got another big one coming up here on Sunday at home. We've got two of the next three at home. So let's get back in there.
0: Let's get back to work. Let's get grinding. Let's get to where we've got to get to, okay? We're going to need it for three more weeks, fellas, Mm -hmm. so we can get into this thing, all right? All right. Bikes on three. One, two, three. three. Let's
3: Go, D.J. Oh, yeah, football.
2: (laughs) Football. I think there's, like, three
1: guys responding. Like nice. He's, like, trying to fire up the troops. Like, like three guys are like, yeah. All right. Don't be too excited, guys. <laughs> we just won a game. Don't be too excited. Oh, my gosh. So, all right. I mean, let's unpack this. What uh, should yesterday be cause for celebration? Hey, you won a game. You've only got five wins since the year 2000 in Chicago. Who cares what it looked like? Uh, you, you won a game ugly, but let's, let's celebrate the ugliness. Or should it just... Like everyone, everyone acted like they got beat 40 to 10, even though they won the game. Like, like their, their demeanor was more like we played
2: like crap. Yeah. So how how would you wear that one? I mean, if I was on the team, I'd be like, dude, a win's a win, especially against a team. Like you said, that always has our number. For some reason, we just never play well against them. Like you're going to take that every day of the week, a divisional win. You're still in the hunt. Like, all these things you, you move to the seven C like these are things that you grow on. And yeah, you look at that as an ugly loss. And there's so many people that are like general fans that are like, well, you know, a wins a win, whatever. But you're like, yeah, but at some point you have to break it down to another level and be like, what went wrong that we didn't put up 50 points on this. <laughs> like <laughs> seriously, guys, they were depleted in the back end and we still couldn't really get a lot going. Now our defense came in and came in big way, but like for me, like, This is the time now where you need to start seeing your team take massive steps and you need to see them either dominating in the game against a team that is just depleted and has no business on the field, or you need to go in there and you need to just keep slug fighting it out against the tough teams. And if you can't do that in December, what makes people think you're going to do it in January against the best teams, you know?
0: So what, so if, if you go and look at that game, Booney from an expert point of view, What did go wrong? Like, the entire Bears secondary was backups and practice squad guys. How how does Kirk pass for 87 yards presented that opportunity?
2: Well, I think a lot of it was the fact that they were just getting sacks and the fact that their defense was all over the field. I mean, they came to play, and they were, for as depleted as they were, Roquan Smith, And Akeem Hicks, I mean, those guys know. And you talk about savvy veterans, guys that know what type of year it is, know what time of the year it is, what are we doing right now as a team? We can't just give up. And they showed it early. Now, it wasn't enough. Obviously, their offense was just fumbling the ball all over the place. And that goes back to some of the things like these young players. They just—they don't understand how important these games are. And it's like, dude, you can't fumble the ball in a divisional game in December at this moment, you just can't. There's no excuse for that. And then to do it twice, it's like, dude, what are you, you know, these are the things, and then all of a sudden Minnesota, not capitalizing on that, not going down and kicking a field goal once, and then going down, I think they had a punt it because of sacks. And it's like, these are the things that you look at and you're like, you could be so much better, but right now you're like the best average team in the league, and that gets you nowhere. And it gets people like it gets people hang the banner, hang the banner, you know, like, best no average kidding, team. right? Let's get right? it. And people are always like, "Well, what's wrong? I just can't pinpoint one thing." And you're like, "That makes you average. If it's not one thing, it's multiple things." And then it's like, "Well, who's? What are we looking at here?" You know what I'm saying? Like that team, Akeem Hicks and Roquan Smith and those guys—they came out like you know what? Whatever happens tonight, we have to just play our balls off, and we got to punch these dudes. In The mouth, and they did. I give them credit, but it just wasn't enough because their offense couldn't keep up. And not only that, but Minnesota's defense was—I mean, getting the ball out left and right.
1: You know, I've got sort of a—I don't know—like an amateur psychologist view of that game last night. I want your thoughts on this because every time at the end of the game, you know, the the players were just kind of zombies on the sidelines. I think everyone kind of felt like everyone felt the weight of they weren't playing well. They didn't play as well as they wanted to, and. The I brought this up on Ventland last night. The Ravens play games like that a handful of times a year, where they're just it's they're just terrible for like two and a half hours. They turn the ball over, but in the end, they're rallying around. Even if they lose, it's like everyone is all in and they're passionate. Right. And if they win, they celebrate and like they win on a sixty-six yard field goal in Detroit, you know, and and it's just whatever we know the right. Yep, we know. And I think the difference is they know or think at least that they are one of the best teams in the NFL, even if they're not like they think they're one of the best teams in the NFL. And so when they win ugly, it's kind of like, who cares? Whatever we want ugly. Right. I think the Vikings are one of the most insecure football teams in the NFL. And I think they know that they haven't been living up to expectations for two seasons. And so when they win a game like that last night, Rather than it coming from a place of confidence, like oh we know we're way better than that, but who cares? We got out with a win. Right, Win's they're win. like they're like insecure about the process because they know that they're underperforming. Right. Does that make
2: any sense? One hundred percent. It's the whole and that and to me, like you picked a great team because the Baltimore has to do with Harbaugh, and that's just such a Harbaugh thing. Like we're gonna go in there. Like they understand that some games are gonna be a slug match. They understand it because the one thing that I always remember Harbaugh talked about was. Muhammad Ali and his dad was like obsessed with Muhammad Ali. And he just talked about how he would just jab people to death. And he was like, sometimes you're just going to have to go in there and jab the living hell out of them. And you'd be like, what the hell is he trying to say? But then you'd get into a tough game and you'd be like, man, he's not wrong. Like we really just gonna have to keep jabbing at these dudes. And then you'd come on and you'd be like, you know what? That was a great win. Tuesday's gonna come. You're gonna get cussed out for something. Like those days have to happen. But in the moment, you can always enjoy that victory. And that's one of the things that like when you look around this league, there are teams that are just underperforming. And and when they win, it's kind of like they look around like, oh, I'm like, I look at the Chiefs early. They were one of the teams that were really underperforming. And people were like, what is wrong? And they're like, man, this is, you know, we're we're squeaking out a couple wins here and there, but we're pretty embarrassed about this. But now they're hitting their form. And it's like these are the teams that get back to the mindset of like, who cares? Who cares what everyone out there is saying? We need to just get these tallies in the win column because these are going to start to add up and that's how we get into the playoffs and that's how we become a gritty team or that's how we become this team that rallies around ourselves and nobody believes in us there's so many ways to take it but the key is you have to have a spark on the team and i'm wondering like like, i'm wondering why people don't rally more around kendrick's you know what i'm saying like the dude is just everywhere and i know he got thrown out of the game and whatever man that was a bad call they're making football so not fun anymore like what is you know what i'm saying like people don't understand you're taught your whole life that you cannot give up any yardage. You cannot give up these free yards. And then here's a quarterback that, like, is running down the field, and he's like, what do I, I mean, what do I do? Do I, you know, do I give it to him? Do I not? And it's like, man, I don't blame you for those. And it's like, that's one of the things. That's football. And, but he's such a spark for this team, and I don't understand why he's not out there being more vocal or being louder or whatever it is, because they need someone to rally
0: around as a team. So th- this sport, too, is weird. Because it's the toughest sport. Like, it looks like it's fun to watch, and I'm sure it's fun to play, but it also looks like the flip side is it sucks to, to play because you get your ass beat up. It's um, it's, it's not pretty. But the, my observation is this. The good teams or the teams that win and seem to enjoy it welcome and, and fight through and almost relish fighting through the adversity because every game is filled with things that go wrong. Like right. it's like, like that's the, football. The sport of, of football is a lot's going to go football. wrong. Which team can fight through that? The difference with the Vikings is they seem to not embrace that. And, and that's the only way that I, I can describe what looks like the joylessness of this team. Like, they don't look like they enjoy, you know what? This Bears game is ugly. Let's right. embrace it. Right. And Mike keeps saying, after all of these games, Booney, Zimmer keeps saying, well, it doesn't have to be close. It doesn't have to be dude, close.
1: His, his, dude, his post-game locker room speech, like, this is your chance to, all right, rah, rah, this is your right. message. And, like, the first <laughs> words out of his mouth are, it doesn't have
0: to be like that. But there's it doesn't th- have to be like that. But there's three games left. I mean, this team plays close games. And instead of saying, this is our identity, it's ugly and who cares? Right. It's like they fight that and they don't think it should happen. And and it's like just once it would be nice to see this team embrace its identity instead of fight it.
2: I agree with you. And I think it's one of those things where they want to try and be this fancy team. We're going to put up 55 points where it's like, dude, you're like the Bills three years ago. Your defense is keeping you in games. Your offense keeps you in games. Like you just at times you're just not cohesive enough to like defense is getting the ball. Offense is putting in touchdowns. Defense is getting the ball off. Like it's just like a sputter out mess. But at the same time, you're right. You're in the playoffs. You should be like, hey, you know what? The one thing we know is if it goes to the wire, we'll be prepared. Now, we might not win, but we'll be there. Like, You know what I'm saying? And something to grab the guys in the locker room because you're right it's the backhanded compliments that you hear in the media as a player that piss you off the most, because it's like, dude, it doesn't have to be like that with you. You know what I'm saying? You can just come to me or you can come to us and be honest. Maybe not when the cameras are on, maybe just, you know, hype it up. But at the same time, it's like, if people aren't buying into this system in January, when things really hit the wall and teams are really bearing down on you, it gets so much tougher and you're like, well, that's why they didn't have a chance in the playoffs. Yeah. I really
1: wanted him to just either get up in front of the team go crazy go or crazy.
2: And, and like, like, you know, just, but he's just, he finally, like, we did it here. Look at yeah. we. Well, finally, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like make a joke out of it. Then all of a sudden everybody laughs and then you have the whole room again. And then you're like, yes. guys, seriously. That game was ugly, but it's ours. And it doesn't matter because this is the black and blue division, and sometimes you walk away with a win like that. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the things that you own it. To do. Right. Yes. And then all of a sudden the guys start to look around and go, well, guys, I guess this has been our season. He's not wrong. Let's embrace it. Let's laugh about it. Let's celebrate. And let's move on to the Rams because those dudes are looking hot too.
1: Yep. Uh, and by the way, a shout-out to our friends at uh, tcl too. TCL has a new line of award-winning TVs delivering the most entertainment with stunning resolution at an affordable cost. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. If you thought that was ugly football last night, do not kill the messenger. It wasn't because of your TCL TV. The picture quality was amazing. The play quality was probably garbage. Um, all right, I'm going I'm to hit you with... Uh, Let's since we're cleaning this mess up from last night, and eventually Declan will want someone's ass fired. Get those nerds! And we will get there. Nerd! Nerd! But the nerd stat of the week here for you, Alex Boone, so the last two games, both wins by the way. Both wins. But Kirk Cousins is O for eighteen when pressured in the last two games with two interceptions. And uh, I think it's four or five sacks if you go back to the Steelers game. Actually, he wasn't sacked in the Steelers game. But no, he was 0 for 18 with two interceptions when pressured. And there's, there's two ways to look at this. Number one is, well, you got to try to reduce the pressures. Like you, right. can't have, you can't have Akeem Hicks coming through, you know, forklifting Mason Cole off the don't, line of scrimmage. And we'll talk get, about that. Don't,
2: don't, don't get but, the fire.
1: But here's the thing. This is December and January football. You're going to play some of the best teams in the NFL. You're playing Aaron Donald and the Rams. You're playing the Packers. You're, if you get to the playoffs, you're going to play the Buccaneers. Like You're not going to play oh, the to Texans be, uh, every week. Yeah. So you're going to face pressure.
2: Yeah, You can't you just
1: eliminate pressure. You are. 0 for 18, two interceptions in some of the key games, and he's been lucky because the rest of the team has kind of bailed him out or they faced the Bears who just took themselves out of the game. Right. Um, what do you make of that? I mean, well, how would you address that at this point? 0 for 18, like, how do you address it with the quarterback, and then how do you fix
2: it and reduce pressures when you just saw what happened last night? Well, I wouldn't bring up a stat like that to him. Like, hey, bro, you're 0 for 18, man. We got to work on this. I would just <laughs> – I'm telling you, man, these, these, these – These answers are so simple. I feel like I'm coaching my son's fifth grade team sometimes, right? Like, hey, quarterback doesn't do well under pressure. Okay, well, maybe we should run the ball just a little bit more, just a little bit, okay, to reduce the pressure, and maybe we'll pick up our play action a little bit more because that's when we start to max protect. We include tight ends. Fullbacks start to chip on their way out. Running backs start to chip on their way out. I certainly wouldn't have this guy in the backfield with two running backs and a receiver on my side like, hey, listen, come after me. You know what I'm saying? Like these are the things that keep showing up, and it's like people fall into this mold of like third and seven. I have to do five wide. Why do you have to do five wide? Like, what makes you think you have to do that? If you could, instead of doing something like that where you make yourself one-dimensional, why not just open up the whole playbook? Hey, it's third and eight, and they're in uh, 13 personnel. What? 13? Who the hell would do that? Well, let's put our base out there. Maybe it'll be a play action, and all of a sudden you got one of your tight ends who's, by the way, one of the better tight ends in the NFL, running down a seam somewhere. Like, there's so many answers to all this. Or, like, when teams start to blitz us, why don't we get into a run play? If they want to put eight guys at the line of scrimmage, that's great. We're gonna do a quick handoff and right through the a gap right now. Like, there's there's so many answers, but then everybody just falls back into this. Well, we got to go into this five wide, and we're gonna go into this new scat protection where everybody's just sees that we have no protection but the old line, and they're just gonna dial all these things up against us. It's like you keep falling into the same stupid formula, and the Vikings aren't the only ones. There's a lot of teams that do this, and it's because they're afraid of what the outside noise is gonna say, like. The one guy, and you already brought him up, so I'm going to rehash this. Harbaugh went for two again. Was like, I don't care what you think. It's not your team. It's my team. And my team knows what I want, and I know what they want. And that's one of these things. It's like you start to get into this, like, well, he can't handle pressure. Okay, well, then reduce it. There's a million ways to reduce the pressure on these things. Hey, maybe we got to start leaving a tight end. in. We we went from two-jet, now we call it four-jet. Tight end basically just blocks the end with the Sam, right? Like, he's just a part of this thing. So we lose a threat, but at the same time, we reduce the pressure. Whatever it takes, because now you're going into a stretch of games where people are like, hey, listen, however we got to do it, we just got to dial it up against these guys. If we can get them hit once or maybe twice, we could probably affect this game in more ways than one. And not only that, but you're looking at a team now like Aaron Donald coming in here who's just – what he did to the Cardinals last week, like, I've seen this happen before with him because I used to watch his film and I had to watch it religiously. But you'd see these lull in these games where he was kind of like playing with people and he's kind of like, I don't want to play with you. And he'd like smack a dude every now and then. And he'd be like, damn. But then he has these games where he comes out and he just dominates. and He's just like, hey, don't forget I'm still here. And he's He understands too that in December that's when the engine needs to get revved. That's when I need to get ready for January. And that's why when you look at this week, you're like, I need to reduce the pressure, run the ball. What do pass rushers never want to do? I don't want to get blocked. Certainly don't want to get blocked by two guys. You know what I'm saying? Like, these are the things that come into your favor where you're like, let's just throw a massive dose of Dalvin at him. And then when the time is right, we'll take our shots. There's always a right time to take a shot. But you got to know the flow of the game to do it. Because if you don't, and like with Kirk, you get him hit, anything could happen.
0: So Cook did did run a lot. I, I think he finished with 28 carry so it's not like he didn't run the ball but your point about Kirk and this is where I'm I'm curious about the game plan the one thing that we know about Kirk who has now been here Alex since 2018 is two things if Kirk gets hit it changes Kirk like his mentality and approach at that point in time shifts Um, if Kirk throws a pick it changes Kirk so I guess what I'm curious about is if you have Akeem Hicks or Donald on the opposing team how do you not go in with a far more more coherent plan to say i might want to do x y and z but if this quarterback gets affected it's going to change the entire tenor of the game it feels like the vikings plan for who they hope kirk is as opposed to who kirk truly is going to be
2: right well to be fair i think Akeem just kind of turned it on for that game like i wasn't and he's been having a good year but i'm like the way he just steamrolled through there you as an offensive coordinator you couldn't predict when he was going to turn that on but like for a game like aaron donald you would obviously be like listen we're gonna slide to him as much as we can which exposes a lot of other people at the same time because now they got vaughn they still uh who's the other guy that's over there from uh leonard floyd like they got a lot of guys that can do it over there and you talk about like how do we go in there and say hey listen we have to take care of this problem you're But then all of a sudden, and I want you to think about this from an OC standpoint, because now you've just included the whole team into one person's problem. You know what I'm saying? Instead of saying, hey, listen, bro, we pay you a lot of money to block people like this. Get your ass up there and block them. Like, when I was playing, that's what they said. Don't care. Figure it out. You're going to have to do it. And you'd be like, okay. And they'd be like, if we can get the slide to you, we can. But then all of a sudden, teams were smart. And they'd be like, well, we'll blitz away from Aaron so that you have to decide, do I take the blitz or do I take Aaron? You know what I'm saying? And that's when all of a sudden the team starts saying, Oh, okay, instead of blitzing, why don't we show five guys up there? Now we know they're gonna have to go 5-0. And it's like it's just a constant step forward. So, like as an offensive coordinator, you're sitting there going, Am I gonna spend the whole week wondering about this one guy? Or am I just gonna tell this one guy on my team, go kick that dude's ass or die trying? Okay, how about that? Like, <laughs> they can't spend all this time going, like, hey. Man, we're we're going to – in play action, we're going to chip them with both guys. Because you'd be – I'm telling you, dude, there's times on the field where you'd be looking at the fullback like, please, just just show some presence through the B-gap, just a little bit, okay? Just don't void yeah. it as much as you do. He'd be like, sorry, man, I can't. Coach said I got to get out. i like, please. Just, <laughs> just, a little, a little, just a little, just a little, little, little bit. bit. <laughs> just a little chip. No, pretty, please. You just, can't just give me forearm. something? He'd be like, dude, I'm the hot route. I'd be like – Okay. Just a
1: forearm. Cool. Just a forearm shiver. Just it's a little cool. It's a cool. Little I, got... I would not want to be Mason Cole in today's I'm assuming that today is if oh. if they're breaking down film, it, it would be today. Tuesday? Well no, oh, yesterday it was
2: yesterday. Most teams do it Monday. Harbaugh just did it on Tuesday. That's yeah. why I say Tuesday comes.
1: Uh <clears throat> Declan, mm-hmm. I think it's time. Okay. I think it's time for Declan Wants Someone's Ass yeah! fired. After we tell the audience why Judd Zolgad is such a skinny, svelte, six-pack man. these Looks days. great. Right. That's Looks exactly
0: right. right. That's because, my friends at Livia Weight Control Center down from around 240 to 210 on my way to 200. And I will stay there. And it's thanks to a program that, that you can join, too. Uh, we're getting closer and closer to January 1st when a lot of people are going to say, how do I lose that weight? I'm going to tell you right now. It's It's simple. If you contact them today, save 50% off the program. Your first visit is free. And by the way, a limited time offer, 50% off the program, 855-GO-L-I-V-E-A, livia.com, livia.com, 855-GO, it's L-I-V-E-A, contact them today, take advantage, 50% off the program and start a program that I can tell you, because I'm an example, works, works.
1: If you're a business owner as well, pay attention here because Federated can help maximize the success of your business, help minimize risk. They are basically like your offensive line except uh, better than uh, Mason Cole played last night because they've been around for over 100 years. They've got experience in helping protect bottom lines, protecting employees. Make sure that you've got all of the resources in place to, uh, to shield off threats to your business. Federatedinsurance.com. And remember, at Federated, it's our business to protect yours. All right, every week, Declan wants someone's ass fired. I'm excited.
3: Uh, No repeat offenders. Mm. No coordinators. No coaches. No owners. Oh, I wow. want the entire NFL's head of officiating gone after what I <laughs> saw <God>. yesterday, dude. <laughs> yes. I want nothing to do. Scott Novak, your ass is for sure fired because you led that gone. entire garbage crew yesterday. We gone. need to do an entire evaluation of what the hell we're teaching our referees. No one knows what a catch is. I had to listen to three buffoons in the Monday night booth. Well, if uh, the right knee gets down there before the first where's no the one shin? knows. Where's the shin? What what's what, the shin? Get- no, what no. Is physically, is, is it possible for your shin?
1: Yeah, how would your like? Can your shin really hit before your knee? Is that I don't possible? think
2: that's physically possible. You said look for <laughs> the
1: shin, and I go, did his shin break or yeah, something? Right. How did his <laughs> shin <laughs> touch before the knee? He's got a compound fracture, but he also has a touchdown. Touchdown! He got,
0: touchdown. <laughs> he, he, he got it. <laughs> he broke his leg on purpose and dropped the shin <laughs> bone onto the field. It's in Now That's dedication,
3: Steve. Uh, Yeah, I want the entire (laughs) officiating crew fired, dude. That was embarrassing. So many Vikings fans bitch and moan every week that the officiating is hurting their team. Packer fans are even worse. But you know what? Let's all just come together. Let's all come together and say the entire league needs to fire and reevaluate what is an NFL referee and what is their job to do every day. Can't watch that again.
2: They gotcha. need to pay them, like, full-time. You need to have a full-time job. This is your job. These Can,
1: are, can like, the NFL afford that? I'm not sure.
2: I'm oh, not sure. I don't know, guys. <laughs> can we afford to pay 12 more people? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, but the, here's the crazy thing. People don't know this. Is like Those guys are, like, they're real people. They're, like, superintendents for big schools. Some of them are lawyers. Like, they are big business people. And, like, you talk to them, and, like, sometimes you forget they're a referee because sometimes they'll mess with you out there, and you're like, Wait a minute! I don't like you. Never mind. I'm not messing with you anymore. Like, they're 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 funny and they're they're hilarious. And you're like, but you called my friend for holding. So I don't really like you that much. Like, that's just it's tough. Yeah. They last night. So the we already talked about the
1: ejection <laughs> of Eric Kendricks. Okay. Like that's that's a 15 yard penalty. It was definitely helmet to helmet. But Eric Kendricks is not a dirty player. No. He clearly tried to pull up at the last second. You know. So 15 yard penalty. Sure. Ejection. Ridiculous. And there was also on that weird interception that Cousins just kind of floated down the field. I think he was going to
2: talk to me about that. I got to talk to you about that. Yeah, Judd.
1: So, so Justin Jefferson got absolutely tackled like 12 yards off the line of scrimmage on that play. He
2: did. He did. But the problem is Kirk threw it so far. And it happened so early that I and I think that there was a lot. There was a little bit of feet to trip up. Like I went back and rewatched the replay a couple times. Once the feet get involved, I think the refs are kind of like we're out of this. But at the same time, the ball was like thirty yards away from him. So I think the at some point the ref could have been like, who knows who where that ball was going. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just so. But I, Judd, texted me about it and was like, what would you think about that? I think that in the moment when you go to make that decision to throw that ball, and I'm if I'm almost positive it was cover one. And he was probably like, I know for a fact JJ's gonna just smoke this dude on the line. And there's no way that the safety's gonna be able to keep up with him. So he just heave-hoed it all the way down there. And at the time that he got ready to let it go, he was falling down. So it's like you can't go back from a decision like that. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't go, oh, I'm ready to throw and then oh no, never mind, I'm not gonna throw. Like that's not running through their mind.
1: And there there's a screen grab where Jefferson's on the ground and cousins has still not yet like brought his arm back. But is it possible because there's like six guys he probably thought, oh, there's traffic. Jefferson's going to emerge from the traffic yeah, to the 100%. spot, right? Yeah, and that's, that's exactly what he, happens.
2: that's what I'm saying. Like, in his mind, he had already predetermined that and was like, because you're right. He was headed as he was going down, but in his mind, you have to think, dude, there's so much chaos around me. I'm just like, he's going to make this happen. I'm going to make it happen with a um, bad throw. Yeah.
0: guys on, on the ground. And, and the, the worst part is, is underneath that, when he, Osborne had come wide open so right so about what phil five yards in front of that play where Jefferson... I'm not going to rip Kirk. To You're not going to
2: get me to rip Kirk.
1: K.J. Okay? Osborne is hitting
0: wide open. But look at see, see it, so. He
2: wants him to open up the offense the minute he does. He's he like, look, yeah. see, this is why they don't open up the offense. No, I, I'm I at sure. him. All oh, you do is criticize no. Kirk on this show. Oh, I know, You're right? so an anti-Kirk. Dude. I'm not, I was, he threw that, and I knew exactly <laughs> what happened. I was like, oh, he thought for sure Justin was going to win that one. Like,
1: I want to clean up another Kirk rip from last night, too, because I was guilty of this in the moment. The end of the first half, and he threw the ball 20 yards out of bounds. And everyone, including me, was like, "Dude, are you really throwing the ball away on a hail mary attempt?" While well, the Vikings, the Vikings had like full max protect in yeah. one route, and they and it was fourth down, if I recall. Yeah, they were just trying to run the clock out and right. throw the ball out of bounds on
2: purpose. You didn't know that. So,
1: in the moment, I was just looking for any reason to rip Kirk Cousins. <laughs> rip Alex. Kirk for that? <laughs> See,
2: I didn't rip Kirk for that.
1: I just blindly swing at Kirk Cousins, and then if I'm wrong, I just sort of bury it under the rug. That's that's my philosophy. Oh, I
2: didn't say that. No, no, no.
1: The other thing about the officiating last night, I'm wondering what Matt Nagy said. He's the first coach basically uh, ever to get flagged 15 yards for yelling at a referee. And after the game, the official said, "I heard it." yeah, I'm not going to repeat what he said, but he crossed a line. So, like, what line did he cross? Like, every week, like, you never see coaches get flagged for screaming at officials. And so I'm wondering,
2: like, how psycho did Matt Nagy go last night? I think he either brought in somebody's wife into the argument or he brought in someone's mom. Because I have heard a lot of things said and may have said at refs that was kind of like, hey, man, be cool. And you're like, wow, I didn't even get a flag for that. That's incredible. (laughs) You're going to let that go? And that's what I'm saying. They're cool dudes. So to get flagged as – I mean, but, too, I think as a coach, when you step out of that box, you know, there's that, like, Harbaugh rule that you have to stay in the box now because Harbaugh used to be, like, on the five-yard line talking to the referees during the play. That, like, I think the minute you come out of that box and you even say anything remotely, like, rough to one of those guys – because I saw the ref go, oh, yeah, and then, like, Matt said something and then he, would like, threw his flag and it was kind of like – he brought it upon himself. But, too – I mean, I understand the frustration. Like both, I see both sides of it. Like there's sometimes these refs; they it feels like they're almost controlling the game for someone. And you're like, dude, this is just there's too many flags. It's just too much nonsense. I get these coaches, but at the same time, you have to be smarter than that. Because as a head coach, it's one of those things. It's just another knock on you. Like, dude, how are you going to get flagged for that? How are you going to cost your own team 15 yards? Do they clap back? Like, dude you know
1: in, in yeah. baseball you see all these every game? It's like you know there's a face to face with a manager and an ump. And if you if you look at an umpire sideways, he'll throw you out of the game. But I feel like in football, they just kind of stand
2: there like mannequins and take it for the most part. They like, don't. do they do they clap back all the time, all the time, all the time? I, I mean, they yell at you, they they'll grab you, they'll let you know. I mean, the the coolest thing was like when you start to get to know a lot of them and you start to become friends with them. Like John Perry was one of the coolest refs I ever ever been on the field with because he would let so much go. But at the same time, he was really strict about certain things like hands to the face. If you even touched that face mask, the flag was coming. But like holding, uh, you know, maybe clipping a little bit. He'd be like, hey, listen, clean it up you know what i'm saying or like he'd come to you like hey listen your buddy's holding a lot i need you to stop it you know or <laughs> like and then but i tell, this, tell this guy over yeah. here yeah but Talk there'd be times where friend. like you'd see guys going off on him and they'd be like, oh yeah oh yeah and all of a sudden they just come right back at him you'd be like damn
0: that's the ref too my like gosh. say like swear back or what? oh yeah
2: all the time they're not afraid to say stuff i mean they're they're cool dudes and a lot of times as long as you're Within your right to bitch about something, they'll be cool about it. Like, if you're like, hey, man, this dude's holding me all day, a lot of times they'll be like, all right, I got it. But if you keep going, a lot of times they'll turn around and tell you to shut up or, you know, hey, move it on, something like that. But if you keep like berating them, they're quick to be like, listen, if you don't shut your mouth, you'll be quickly on that bench. And you're like, got it. And that's when you like have to go into like a deload mode where you're like, I can't say anything the rest of the game. I got to be cool, guys. How often, how often do
1: they admit that they were wrong? Cause like, obviously never. they're, they're wrong. <laughs> never. Never. They're never going to be like, oh, sorry guys, I missed that one. What? <laughs> I feel like, I feel like I've, there, there's like NBA games, like all the time, there's just dialogue cause players are complaining, like everything can be a foul and, and I feel like referees, you know, you'll see them do the like the pat the chest one not, not all the time but like once or twice a game like yep my bad okay i'll keep an eye on that or something so they yeah. just they dig their heels in in the nfl
2: yeah i mean there's a lot of times where you see the coach yelling at the ref on the sidelines, and no matter what you say the answer is no 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 <laughs> he was on them. no 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 no, no. <laughs> he was on him. just a running dialogue of no 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 no, 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 no. i mean it's it's it, it's it's a it's funny that they brought women into the league because now I feel like because you know a coach is not going to yell at Sarah they're like there's no way that a coach could be caught yelling at a woman official like that would be horrible so it's kind of like as soon as they brought her in I was like man they're starting to get these coaches to calm down real quick because you'll see guys go like Sarah 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 come here Sarah quick but if it were somebody else you, you know, it's like dude there's the best is too like when they start going crazy and the headsets falling all over and they get tangled <laughs> up with the cords and they're looking around like where's the cord guy god and their guy cord, cord, guy the cord is guy. like oh my god
0: <laughs> i get you out of there cord cord guy's no, like, coach. Dude, Joe,
2: coach, come like, this ah. way come this way he's like turning around like, to Turn like, come here i'm talking to you he's spinning around
0: <laughs> cord guy we so need come, like we
1: need we need like a 30 for 30 on just the cord guy so in
0: in career who, who was the most out of uh, control coach that you saw like just as far as just yelling and screaming constantly on the sideline
2: on the sideline
0: yeah towards like referees and stuff oh, just like a probably complete-
2: Harbaugh Harbaugh he, he said that. he's funny he would just go out and just
0: you know oh, God,
2: are you sure oh, God. or there'd be times where he got oh, he like he was the one like his headset would start bumbling all over and like he'd be, pull it down. And it was and there was a couple times where like you know we got flagged and he caught that He just be he'd be looking at you and you could see it from forty yards away, just right in the right into your soul. Just look. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, got crooked fingers everywhere. Yeah, yes, crooked fingers. Really. You guys, so,
1: so Tevin Tevin Jenkins got got one of the like nine fifteen yard penalties. He went over and and shoved. And he's you know he's standing up for his quarterback. It was a legal hit, by the way, because because uh, Justin Fields was inbounds and yeah, no. you know Viking Ferry came over. But what I thought was interesting, so when he eventually came to the sidelines, Matt Nagy, in a pretty calm way, like with the play sheet over his face, gave him an earful. But I can't remember which offensive lineman. But one of the veteran offensive linemen basically shoved Tevin Jenkins like back to the sideline. Like, he basically said, get off the field. Like, you just cost us 15 yards, and Tevin Jenkins is like, no, I like, I have to stay on the field.
2: Yeah, no, you would would never see that from me. Like, the minute you defend your quarterback, you are always in the right, in my opinion. And I get what he's doing. Like, I think a lot of it, too, comes down to, like, when you're playing in a game, and you have to put yourself in that quarterback's position, and you know, like, he kind of got hit. Maybe we saw it late. Like, because it's our quarterback. We're going to see every hit on him as bad. So, like, you have to say, like, In his mind, if he doesn't see me stick up for him, he might start to think that nobody backs him. Like You know what I'm saying? Like There's a lot of Mm -hmm. emotions that you take into account the minute you see that. Because we've had fights break out. I mean, I could send you videos of like Green Bay Packers, Clay Matthews hit cap out of bounds. And you just saw five of us just spear five dudes on the sideline. And it was like a huge melee. On their sideline, like, there was no thought. Anquan Bolden came in and speared somebody. Like, there was never any question. But then all of a sudden you turn around and, like, Cap looks at that and goes, these dudes have my back no matter what. And it was a total accident by Clay. Total accident. Like, we all probably knew in the moment he didn't even mean to do it, but it's like at some point, if you don't stick up for that dude, he's going to start to feel like maybe nobody has his back. And at the same time, you have to let the league know you can't put your hands on my quarterback any which way you feel without me saying something. You know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. it's kind of my only thing was, dude, if you're going to do it, you got to go in and just slug somebody. You can't just kind of be like, I think I want to start a fight. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. Like, you just got to come in and whoop whoop just (laughs) full. Fish right into someone's face mask just just show all the commentators They're like what the hell was that oh you know everyone's thinking hey at least they got their quarterbacks back i mean tell the team how dare you top. touch kirk yeah.
0: <laughs> never touch kirk again or we'll do you whoo- think you that, that, that would
2: happen that's my question do you think oh, that would happen yeah. here no somebody okay, hits so kirk we're... late who's the no. one offensive lineman in your opinion that's going to run down there and spear somebody brian o'neill yeah O'Neal. for sure okay I I that, think that was O'Neal a would. stupid question who's who's lineman number two
3: mason cole
0: default. (laughs) I have no idea. All
1: right. I don't feel like this team, I don't think they would like, I don't think they want him to get hurt or anything. I just don't, I don't think Kirk has the like Diana Hill for him type relationship with, he's not that type of a leader.
0: Here comes Garrett Bradbury. <laughs> All 125 of them blows well, away in the wind. <laughs> <Yeah>. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs>
2: Goes to take a punch. He oh, oh, so caught He's in, Woodbury.
0: <laughs> he's in <laughs> Woodbury. Now he's in Hudson. Now he's G-K in Wausau. He is loose. Uh, you guys are he, terrible. You know, you know
1: who who apparently doesn't need his offensive line to back him up is Tom Brady. Tom Brady just oh, taking on the entire Saints side. Okay, was that just like old man yelling at a cloud? He's he's lighting up the Saints sideline. He's breaking tablets on the sidelines in this game.
2: I love it, dude. And he, he has one of the nastiest O-lines. Ryan Jensen in the middle. I don't know if you guys watch those games, but I've been watching Ryan since he came in the league. And he is one of those guys. He'll like stick his finger in your eye in the yeah. middle of a play. He, he's the long hair, long hair yeah, center the guy. Long red-headed dude. So he yeah. wears that ugly bubble visor and like a running back face mask. Looks like an idiot, but He is a dude that like I fear because like if you ever watch I was the kind of player that always watched what happened between the whistles the other way too. like you try to find out more about a guy, by how they react to things. So like after a sack, does the guy get up and do a bunch of dances or is he super quiet? If somebody hits him late, what's he do the next play? If you know, like how does he react to certain situations? If you ever watch Tom Brady's online during a sack, they are quick to grab dudes and pull them off. And if there is anything other than like, Hey, thanks. It is a fight. <laughs> like they are like, don't touch my dude. I will cut your throat at the bottom. Of you look at that and there's no wonder that team is the way they are. Right? Like that's one of the biggest things that sports is, is chemistry between everybody. And like, When I watch teams like that and I see people like that, I'm like, man, that team's going to be good. Because they, for whatever reason, they believe in themselves. They just don't let people mess with them. They're kind of like, hey, man, we're here to protect each other. And if you mess with our dude... Yeah, that's great. You beat us for the sack, but you better get the hell off him, or else we're gonna start kicking you in the side of that. Like it's okay. it's fun to watch sometimes because that dude will seriously stick his finger in everybody's eye, and you're like, dude, I know all those guys are probably like, I'm gonna kill this dude.
1: How would you so then? Because just to bring this back to the Vikings for a second, because I you know every day I uh, I I just have like an ongoing Kirk Cousins debate in my Twitter timeline. People just like you're wrong about this, you're right about this, and the most common thing I see from people that defend Kirk as a franchise quarterback is. Well, look at his numbers compared to, and then insert great quarterback. Look at his numbers compared to Brady. Look at his numbers compared to Mahomes. Well, Brady got shut out. Well, look, Brady's not mobile. And so, yeah, if you just look at the numbers, yeah, you could definitely put Kirk in a category with a lot of top quarterbacks. But you just said success in football is predicated a lot on chemistry among the roster and chemistry in the locker room and on the sidelines. Stuff that maybe you can't quantify as much. So how would you, how would you rate what you see with the Vikings chemistry wise, and and also with their quarterback compared to teams that actually compete for championships? Like are they are they close? Are they like a player or two away? Is it a Kirk thing? Is
2: it a coach thing? Like where are they at? I, all right, so I'm going to say this, and this might not make sense, but, like, when I see the Vikings, I see two different teams. I see the defense, and I see the offense. And I see the defense, and they are just one whole unit. They always play really well together. They win as a defense. They lose as a defense. You know what I'm saying? Like, they're always in sync with each other. They always seem like they have each other's back. Anthony – uh, or uh, – Barr and Kendricks, they obviously have had a relationship forever. So it's like they, they they have all this chemistry together. But when you look at the offense, at times it feels like it's forced. At times you're like, man, it's sputtering out of control what's going on. And then you look to like, I, I just got my haircut, and my barber is. Looks great, by the way. Thank like, you. Good job. My barber, cut, dude. we were talking about the Vikings and he was like, We were going all over all this stuff, and he was like, you know, what's your biggest thing about this team that bothers you? And I said, it's the relationship between the quarterback and the head coach, and I'm going to explain it right now. One of them makes the most money on the team. One of them makes the most decisions on the team. Normally, that's the same person. When you make it two people, they have to get along. I've seen offensive coaches and quarterbacks that hated each other, hated each other behind the scenes in front of the camera could love each other that's my guy that's my dude behind the scenes don't ever look at me you were like wow this is weird those teams sucked you know why because if those two guys can't get along where the hell does the rest of the team fit those are the two most important people on this team one is making all of our decisions the other one's making all of our money like so those two guys are very important and if they can't just get along to go along you're going to see a lot of problems facilitate on the team because all of a sudden it becomes a kind of like whose side am I taking do I feel like I'm in an awkward situation between these two and I don't know how the chemistry is but I can give you a good example of like How it probably feels in that room because we see it day in and day out. We've seen it all year. I don't call timeouts. That's not my job. Well, (laughs) your job is not to call timeouts. And what is your job? Because that's kind of the big job of a quarterback. You know what I'm saying? Like these are all the things that keep coming back that you're like, this is why when something, a bump in the road happens, they're gonna just fall apart. Because when all of a sudden those two aren't in sync, it's kind of like, well, you're making all the decisions, not me. I thought you were gonna take over. Oh, it's not my fault. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's just this back and forth.
0: And that to me is the biggest thing I see. So Two thousand nine, um, Favre didn't respect Brad, but Favre played great. And Favre, and to go back to what you're talking about, if you go back on that team, offensively at least, you know who made the decisions. Brett Favre did. Oh, Brett Favre for sure. called the timeouts. Uh, Brad would get mad, and Brett didn't care. <laughs> but Brett was, but Brett had an MVP year, so so it wasn't like Brad could pull rank on Brett. So in that case, it actually worked because the quarterback empowered himself and said, "Screw it, this is my show." Right. But
1: in the but in the real quick, but in the end, what shipwrecked their season was miscommunication between sideline, head mm-hmm. coach, coaching staff, and quarterback because they probably didn't have great communication chemistry mm-hmm. behind the scenes. Twelve men in the huddle, key play of the season. Well, and right? Brad
0: and Brad during games would melt down, and so it, it became chaos. But the point is, big, big picture, that, that team got to where it got to because the quarterback took control. In this case, the problem is Kirk doesn't want control. Kirk has no interest in control. This, this all gets to the heart of why this team cannot win a Super Bowl and why I don't think Kirk will ever win one. Because it's not – that personality type, you guys, Booney, you, you've seen it. It takes a special personality. <laughs> type like I'm not saying that I could do it or Phil could or Declan could. like this is not a simple. Well, just get that guy. Those humans are hard to find, and Kirk Cousins uh is basically, I think, going to what he perceives to be a nine to five job. Yeah. Um, he's just talented as hell. That's the that's the conundrum though, because the Kirk the Kirk fans are like, but look at the talent, look at the stats, and look at. Okay, but let's peel away what wins a championship. Winning a championship in any sport Tough. is really damn hard.
1: And it's so done hard. in the mud. It's oh, not done with perfect right? protection and conditions. Right. It's, it's the teams that thrive
2: when the conditions are the messiest. Right. And then, like you said, they accept it. Hey, you know what? It was ugly, but it was a win. Let's go celebrate. <laughs> I'll yep. see you guys on Tuesday to cuss you all out. And you're like, by then? <laughs> and, and it's Because by Tuesday everything is calmed down hey you know what this didn't look so bad maybe we're just a little bit off on our timing maybe our rhythm's off a little bit maybe we just need to do you know what i'm saying like by then level heads have prevailed and then by then nobody cares about the damn game because you're on to the next one you know what i'm saying like these are all the things that i learned as a player that were so smart and in the moment i would be like man these guys are so smart because these idiots around me are buying all of this Wow. This might be this might, be, right.
1: this this might so be the most amazing, opportunistic and timely article in the history of sports writing. There's a website called the33rd rdteamcom and we'll do a deeper dive on this 30 later. 33rd. But the 33rd rdteamcom It was founded by like Mike Tannenbaum and a couple other I can't remember who, but Joe Banner. Joe Banner. Ooh. And again, this came out this morning. Doug Peterson is the columnist here. He's been sitting out the year, you know, he got fired Doug. in Philadelphia. Yeah. How to Build a Super Bowl-Winning Quarterback Room. And I'm going to read you the first two sentences of this article. Whether you're a first-time head coach or a veteran head coach, the ability to establish a strong and stable quarterback room is the most consequential aspect of achieving success in the NFL. The first piece of that is to identify a starting quarterback you believe in that can win at a high level and put together a plan to maximize his talents. Now, Doug Peterson definitely... Crashed and burned at the end in Philadelphia, but he also beat the Patriots at their peak with a backup quarterback in the Super Bowl. And he's yeah. done it before. And he's telling you the most important thing for winning a Super Bowl is to have that relationship on lockdown. I, and and I don't think that's happening in the
2: Twin Cities right now. No, and I'm gonna be honest with you, it's it's funny because all these people on the outside, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with this, but it's like sometimes Media and journalists, they don't understand that there is a behind the scenes. And if that behind the scenes isn't smooth, it's so much harder to prepare for a game. If I have to take care of my quarterback on the side, if I have to take care of my center on the side, if I have to make sure that everybody's hunky dory and we're all happy and ha ha and kiki. And all of a sudden a little fight broke out. Uh oh. Now we got to go back and fix this little problem. But at the same time, I got to worry about this game over here. And all of a sudden it's on a Thursday. Like as long as the quarterback is calm everybody on that team is calm because they're like, hey, man, he's cool. We're cool. You know what I'm saying? Defensive guys are going to be nuts. They're going to be wild. They're going to be crazy. They're going to have fun. Old line we're going to sit in the back and make fun of everybody. We're going to poke and just try and start little fights, Right. But as long as the quarterback is just calm and cool, everybody is normally really calm. There's never any problems. It's when, like, the season starts getting up and down, and then all of a sudden your quarterback's kind of, like, up and down with the season that people start to freak out, and they're like, are we going to be able to do this? They start counting numbers, games. Can we do it this week? You're like, dude, we're in week three, and you're already looking at week 16. Like, we don't even know what's going to happen. Everything's just got to be calm from the center out. And from there, it's – I'm telling you guys, it's – It's so hard, though, because there are so many personalities. And that's the one thing that when I went to the NFL, college was stupid because nobody had any ideas, right? Like we all just wanted to go play football. You get to the NFL and you see these people and they have families and they have their own ideas and they're so outside the box. And you're like, man, I have to accept these guys because they're my brothers and they're my guys. But at the same time, you're like learning about all these dudes. You're like, man, everybody's so different here. And if we can't all get together, one little thing, one tiny little thing can separate this entire team because it pits people against each other. One little fight can make the defense turn against the offense. And then in a game, the defense comes out the field like you guys suck. We're pissed at you. You're leaving us out. Instead of being like, hey, man, we know you're beat up. We're beat up, too. We're going to do what we can for you, all right? We're going to try and get this ball back. Like There were a lot of times you'd be getting ready to go out there, and the, the game was – you were in a slug match, and the defense just came off and giving up the PAT, and they'd be – the D-line was beat, and the linebackers come out, and they'd be like, hey, man, we know we screwed that up. We're going to get back. though. We got you. You'd be like, you know what? We're gonna go do something right here for you. Instead, instead now everyone just comes off head low, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like you need that chemistry between everybody, and it's hard to do. But when you get it, man, it is so fun to be on those teams.
0: And that that's why the actual roster construction is so tough. important. Yes. It, yeah, it's tough, but yes. it's important. And, and I'll say say this too from from our end, from from the people that cover the team. When we start to see, and by the way, it is clear as day, if one side of the ball is carrying the team, what do we immediately do? We go to the most talkative guy on that side of the no ball question. and say, hey, how about your defense? Pretty uh, seems, garbage, huh? Seems to be struggling. <laughs> or or, with, or with uh, Brad's teams in 06 or so, you'd go to Antoine. Great talker, right? Hey, Antoine Winfield, how about the offense? Not really carrying the, the their side of the ball, are they? He was always very diplomatic,
1: though. Because exactly know, what conniving reporters like Jeb were trying to do. Because you, you know
0: somebody, <laughs> because somebody's going to say, yeah, you know, it'd be really nice if we could get some support. And so, like, there's all of these things that you have to, as a coach, manage with right. personalities. And if you don't do that right, like, that's a part of your job. And, that, and that's why when pe- people are like, well – Zim can just focus on defense. Who cares? Well, actually, this is where you manage people. Right. Just one that, fracture, whole house comes down, baby. Right.
2: And that's the one of the biggest jobs of the head coach is to manage all those egos. You know, that's why at the same time, some of the best coaches I've ever been around were guys that were just funny to be around. They always knew how to make a situation light because they knew the stress was high all the time. They knew what it was at stake. They knew that everybody was playing for their lives, and they knew that, hey, listen, man, this is a job, but at the end of the day, if I can get these guys to just go out and play, and at times you're going to have to play reckless, and at times you're going to make mistakes. Like I always heard the greatest coaches say, hey, listen, a mistake is fine. Let's just move on from the mistake. Let's accept it. Let's not sit there and let one mistake turn into two. And nowadays, you see that all the time in the NFL. Guy will come out and throw a pick, and you're like, oh boy, here we go. This is it. He's, you know, it's pick, pick central now. Or an old lineman gives up a sack, and it's like, oh boy, floodgates are open now. You know, like these are the things that they're constantly pressing onto you. It's okay. Like the one thing I do. Looking back, you would see so many more lessons and practices. But like, there were times where the practices would get rigged for the defense, sure that they almost had to win. And you'd be like, "Man, this is just so not fair! Like, there's no way we're gonna win this two minute. You know what I'm saying? And then you'd be so pissed off. And all of a sudden, he got out of bounds. No, he didn't. The clock's running. Move, move, move. You know. And then you lose, and all of a sudden, you're pissed off. You go in and you watch it. Looking back, those were all tests. Hey, you have no chance of winning this. But I want to see you go out there and fight. I want to see what comes to your mind right away. And a lot of times it was like <laughs> they'd go out there and they'd be like, oh, no, the headset's down. Now it's on you guys to call the plays. And all of a sudden it's like you puts you in this mode of like I have to think. And all of a sudden it's like – and. When you think about all those coaches, they were giving you all these little lessons like, hey, man, something bad is going to happen. We just have to be able to overcome it. And we have to be able to be the guys that don't come in and go, well, that wasn't fair or that's not right. They just, you got to just go. And the quicker you can go and the faster you can adapt in a game, the faster you'll win the game. Like, that's what the adjustments are in halftime are for, to win the game. Hey, we we came in thinking they were going to do this. They didn't. We're going to scrap that plan. Here's plan B. We were prepared for this. That's when you go into halftime like that. Thank God we have great coaches. These guys are smart. You know, instead of being like, "Hey, we're gonna beat our head against the wall a little bit more," okay, just a little bit longer. You're like, "This is not gonna work today." <laughs> uh, you know how the Vikings could
1: loosen up? I think maybe, maybe a can of Surly Furious. Maybe mm. that's all they need to loosen up a little bit in some of these I've, big December games.
0: And he, in fact, I've got one right here. Sur- Surly oh, Furious what IPA. It's crazy! Wow! Aren't you shocked by that? You know. <laughs> If you were uh, tuned in to that game last night and thinking to yourself, oh, boy, this is hard to watch. What's going to help me get, get through? Then I hope that you had a can of Surly Furious IPA nearby. If you didn't, you should on Sunday. Aaron Donald, mm-mm-mm. He's going to make the Vikings have a long day. But you know what's going to make you a better day? If you can cheers Aaron Donald and his potential success. Surly Furious is the way to go. Uh, all
1: right, we got we got to run here. Um, if you ever entered a boxing ring with a basketball player like your buddy Frank Gore did, would you let the <laughs> basketball player beat you? I'm a little disappointed in your guy. Gotta be honest. What hey, decision hey, loss? Long hey. reach, basketball. He hey, lost hey. to Darren Williams, man. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. He lost to a nice point to guard, man. Dude,
2: be nice to Frank. Are you kidding me? That guy played like 30 years in the NFL. Frank could kill us, Phil. Oh man, it's Frank-
1: kind of amazing. Like how competitive must that dude be? He gets done playing like two
2: decades in the NFL. He's like, all right, I'm gonna box now. Actually, I'm telling you, man. It, <laughs> it, it, it's funny because those are the kind of guys in the league that were like, Frank, what are you going to do when you're retired? He was like, retired, never going to retire. You're just like, guy's an animal. Like, they just go for it. You know who he reminds me of a lot of? Larry Fitzgerald. Like, those two. Play forever, and then all of a sudden just I'll go do some PGA stuff. I'll maybe be the <laughs> senator for Arizona soon. Like, it's just yeah. like,
0: God, guys, stop. It's amazing. Just hard hard retire up. and wrap Christmas presents, damn it. <sighs> yeah.
2: Yeah, dad. God, it's hard enough keeping up with them. <laughs> keep that keep that christmas tree plugged in oh, that's that's dude, your only it's job it. oh come on oh look
1: at there that it there it is. is love it dude <laughs> it come on, well merry christmas to you alex boone we'll see you on the other side of uh of christmas and this rams game can't wait
2: dude you can't tell me you're not excited for this rams game you it's gotta gonna be blessed man i yeah. i wouldn't
1: be shocked again if the vikings came out play one of their best games of the year and and got back over 500 it would not shock me one bit
2: not at all not in the least and i'm If I am at all thinking I want to win this game and my last name is Kubiak, I'm thinking, hey, man, we got to at least try and cut Aaron Donald once or twice. We got to affect him somehow. Slow down this rush, get after him, double team him. But, dude, give them the business. This team is so up and down, the Rams team. They drive me nuts because they're another one of these teams that just doesn't want to know their identity. They're like, man, we want to be this five-wide team. You're like, you have to run the ball more. But – I'm excited for this game because this is it's actually going to be our Game of the Week, too, on Sunday because yeah. my co-host was like, what do you think for Game of the Week? And I was like, definitely Vikings-Rams. It's going to be a slug match. I'm excited to see this one. Kendrick's coming back from an ejection. Are you kidding me? Kid excited. Oh, he's Let's gonna be get pissed. it. Football. Let's get it. All right, that's Alex Boone,
1: 10-year NFL veteran, Judd, Declan, Phil. Thanks for hanging out with us. Daily Vikings Entertainment and Therapy here on Purple Daily. See you guys.